my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. It's Geek Stuff, TNG. What the fuck is a reboot? We're gonna be rolling out a lot of new things. Where the stars in this piece of shit? Oh, I am the sandwich. No one of consequence. You can find me on Xbox at Fat Dumbledore. <laughs> you know what keeps going through my head? Where's my sandwich? I am Monty. Excellent. You're crushing my soul and giving me a headache at the same time. There'll be food and drink and ghosts. Show me what you got. Is it too late to say that I, I kind of don't care for Star Wars? You can say that Dream. and find your way out the door. <laughs> the force is strong with this one. And I am Big Kev. Hail to the king, baby. Yo, that kid Monty is fired. I have Amigo Isis action figure. Ah, uh, mighty Isis. And here we Go. You know we don't we don't say it enough, but um, fuck cancer. Wow! Yeah. Right out of the gate. Right yeah. out of the gate. Why? Why? Why bother to wait, sir? Why bother we, to wait? We, we say it when it comes up. Kev, I can barely hear you. Do you have the microphone on your face, sir? Oh, dude. Oh my god. <laughs> totally forgot. He's to- How's that? We're professionals. What a pro. I'm sorry. I totally forgot. I was just all comfortable. That's okay. Then I realized I could see too much of my face, and I was like, "Something's wrong." <laughs> you got you got blinded. I prefer by, this look. Blinded by the beauty, and I guess you forgot, huh? I prefer that. I can't remember the name of that Jude Law movie. It was Jude Law, and he oh, it's like he's a pilot, and Angelina Jolie's. And it's like a sci-fi movie. It was terrible, but it was great. Terrible. Uh, Captain something tomorrow. I can't Sky remember. Captain of the World Tomorrow. Sky Captain ah. World of Tomorrow. Yeah, that was Why do I know that, that was a great terrible movie. It sounds like a fun terrible movie. Did That's you a, see it? I I mean, no. But oh, it just you sounds should. it sounds like it's, it by the title. It's got that you know what I like about it, uh Nick? It's got that 3040s um oh, yeah. uh, aesthetic but sci-fi for, yeah i'm a sucker for that yeah i know that's why i'm telling you yeah you right. should check it out we'll see that if it, is that on the disney's plus or whatever that's a, whatever oh no that's no no, no. Dis- that's not a disney flick oh no no we're uh what you call it is that's the Clooney movie world of tomorrow or whatever it is tomorrow the one that killed the tron sequel <laughs> that's now coming back all right. But with Jared Fracken Leto. Fracken Leto. All right. Well, that's something to put into the uh, the watch later pile. Yes. Uh, boys, Sky Captain. How's uh How's everybody doing outside of the fact that uh, 2020 continues to exist and to uh, upset everybody? 
Anything new? Anything exciting going on? No. No? You guys you guys are thrilling. Thrilling I, podcast, uh, right? I mean, what what are we gonna say? Yeah, we, we watched the new episode of The Boys. Oh, it's so it was good. unfreaking real. Yes. As most of them have been. I finished season one of Raised by Wolves. Okay. On HBO Max. Um, if you haven't seen that, you should, especially if you're a Ridley Scott fan, because it is it is gross with Ridley Scott. If you liked uh, Prometheus, it feels a lot like Prometheus. Okay. Um, cool. but not tied to aliens. And I don't know. I really, I really liked it, and cool. and I like the Ridley Scott aesthetic. So. It works. It works for me. I really liked it. As a sci-fi series, it's deep sci-fi. So, you know, it's yeah, it's yeah, a lot of good. That's 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 was my uh that and the boys and the boys just amazing. A couple right of now. other things. Yeah, oh, yeah, the boys is just outrageous. I'm so pissed. I think we only got like one or two more, right? One, yeah, one more. One uh, and one I'm, more uh... and then we got to wait God knows how long. It's like uh, it's like Rick and Morty, you know, we never also, know when we're going to get another one. With the pandemic, who knows watched... when they can... Uh, oh, sorry. What's that, Sandwich? I was thinking with the pandemic, who knows when they can do... Uh, yeah, exactly them, my point. Season three. Mm-hmm. Exactly my point. Did we talk about South Park last week? No, because we were ending the the uh, the podcast right oh, when to South go watch Park it, was, right? was starting. I was not able to see it, actually. Not, oh, my, I, there was issues with my Hulu's. Um, and then I honestly just forgot about it until literally, uh, we started talking about the boys just now, you know, your sugar mama ought to spring for you to get HBO max. Oh yeah. Then you wouldn't have to worry about these problems. Yes. So just saying, I guess so. Um, that said, I, I found the pandemic special meh. Oh, really? It had some <laughs> funny parts. But overall, I wasn't like some people are like, oh, my God, it's like the second coming. It's just isn't, you know, it was good. But mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't like I wasn't, you know, like it wasn't like crazy or anything. Yeah, like yeah. they're talking about it like it's this completely outrageous thing. And I I didn't think that it was like two South Park episodes jammed together where, you know, they tried to do a lot of social commentary, which I think they're brilliant at doing. For sure. Um, I just think some of it kind of fell flat and some of it kind of felt like too soon. And, you know, like, I don't know. I, I get it. I appreciate that they did it. But, you know, the hype, it did not live up to the hype. That's my opinion. All right. Well, we'll do a, a full review on that next week. And uh... yeah. And uh, you know we're on, we're gonna I think we're gonna just do one full season review of the boys uh, as well when when the time comes because it's that's it's, a good idea. It's tough. Yeah. It's really tough to just talk about the individual episodes yeah. when there's such a connection going across. Uh, also for the fact that like you know without spoiling it, we're just gonna simply repeat with yeah it was great, yep fantastic oh that scene yep can't talk uh, well you know. I mean we certainly can say that. I mean, the episode was fantastic. It's great. The, I yeah. mean, everything you know, has been as really it fun. plays into the larger picture. Mm-hmm. Also fantastic, for sure. Which we'll talk about maybe next week. You know, whatever two week embargo after the last episode, or it's TV one week, one, one week, week yeah, embargo yeah. after the last episode. So. Um, I was able to check out the two things. Well, kind of two things. Uh, I was able to watch Scare Me on Shutter, uh, mm-hmm. which was a very yeah. Thanks for ignoring weekend. my text to you about Shutter. 
you son of a bitch. Oh, well, <laughs> someone texts me at like one o'clock in the morning, my time. Is that then, what time it was? Well, for, well, by the time I saw it, it was, and then I, then oh, I forgot oh, about it. So just chill. That's hey, not what hey, I Oh, I'm sorry. It, I'm sorry, my man. I will do what I can to make sure you steal my password later again. Steal. Uh, You're you, sharing you, it. I'm not stealing you, it. And you lost it once already. Uh, but I got I to didn't watch, lose it. I got to watch Scare Me, uh, which um, our, our girl from uh, from The Boys is on. Starlight? Nope, not Starlight. Oh, uh, oh Stormfront. Yep. And nice. She, she is hysterical. She is an absolute hysterical badass uh, in it. Uh, it's it's a very unique film. It's not a scary film, but the last there it's very tense. The last ten fifteen minutes of it, uh, to the point where it throws you that curveball, and then you're at the edge of your seat for the remainder ten fifteen minutes uh, of the film. You pay for the whole seat, but you just need the edge. No, 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 no. Watch the whole thing. It just it just it just changes on a dime towards the very end, which is absolutely worth it. <clears throat> and I was finally finally able to get um uh kevin smith uh red state on dvd so i met uh kevin twice twice was in the span of uh just a few days uh it was when he was doing his red state tour uh, but just coincidentally it was one of those things that fell through the cracks then i wasn't able to get a hold of a, a blue a dvd or blu-ray uh, unless i bootlegged it. it was one of those things where i actually wanted a, a regular physical copy that wasn't you know burned on someone's uh pc uh and his uh secret stash store finally uh finally got a few copies for whatever reason i don't know why it's so hard for this for them did to you go down did you go down and get movies i did not i just ordered it right on their website oh oh okay I got that because you know they had a pop-up movie i don't know if it's still there or not they had a pop-up movies I, in Red Bank. I think they moved to Detroit next. I'm not 100% oh, oh, sure. Did they? I, I remember oh. seeing it very quickly on passing Shoot. on social media. Um, I really was hoping somebody I knew went because I really wanted to get them, you know, either on the GVM line or on the show to talk about it because, you know, I spoke to somebody who went to the one in LA who didn't want to talk, you know, who didn't want to participate mm -hmm. necessarily, but uh, said it was like, it was kind of like crap food, but the atmosphere and the merch was really good. Oh, that's cool. So I wanted to see if other people felt that way. Yeah, we'll have so. to. We'll have to see what's going. What's the uh, So I was just excited close. to get that DVD and everything. Um, and I, I paid off the last installment for my uh, Spider-Man Mary Jane uh, sideshow statue. Oh, so we'll we'll see if that thing is actually going to be sent over like it's supposed to when you make <laughs> make your final payment. Or uh, because of COVID and delays and all that stuff, if uh, you know, no, I'll they've get been no ass sandwich sideshow has been spot on with sending stuff out. Yeah, uh, well, I guess that's true. He would know more than Speaking anybody. Speaking of which, uh, there, there is more. There is more of Kevin's stuff than sandwich mobile at this point. Well, you need to go to the 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 archive, sir. I know. I'm just. It, I haven't had the chance. So it's we need to do some product review. That's what we really need because a lot of that stuff is for the show. Yeah, even oh, I, uh, and I have stuff for you too, Don, which we'll talk later. All right. Um, I, I have. I, I came across a thought during the week that I want to share with you guys Stop. before we jump into news, if that's okay. Go ahead. Did it hurt? A little bit, actually. Um, bad joke. Bad joke. <laughs> so I was. You know, as I do sometimes, I was looking into some D&D content on YouTube. And oh. as you do, whenever you look up D&D on YouTube, you find Critical Role. 
So, I also found out this week recently, I didn't realize that Critical Role, before it made the jump to like live streaming and stuff, was a Pathfinder game. I wasn't aware of this. Yeah. So it really had me thinking, and I want to put this out to you guys, and if you got an answer for this question, talk to me at the GVM hotline 201-730-2547. Do you think Critical Role would have succeeded as much as, as it has now if it was still Pathfinder? No. No. Even- and the reason is because only only died in the wool nerds know what Pathfinder is. Mm-hmm. You know, once you put that slap that Dungeons and Dragons moniker on it, that's at least name recognition. They switched I think I don't know a lot about this, but I have to believe part of that switch came from the fact that that name recognition probably would help them. I don't know how long they've been around. They don't precede 5e, do they? No, 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 no. I I don't think so. I was going to say, because if they were doing Pathfinder and 5e came out and they were like, oh, let's do 5e, I would get that because 4e sucked. So I, I would get why they would play Pathfinder. So so let's let's you know let's explain this a little bit, sandwich. So so yes. people who may not understand what we're talking about. Okay, D and D has a lot of iterations over the years. In fact, there have been count them five editions, aka five E, which is the current edition. Mm-hmm. Um, somewhere around the third edition, they did a massive, massive uh, rules change. It was so massive in third edition that that actually spawned 3.5, which is edition 3.3.5e, right? Um, 3.5 was loved, beloved by many people. But in the age of, um, uh, what you call it? What was it? What's the MMO? World of, World of Warcraft. In the age of World of Warcraft um, and how popular it was, they wanted to capitalize, Wizards wanted to capitalize on the popularity of that, you know, style. So what 4E, Dungeons & Dragons 4E, became was effectively a role-playing version of World of Warcraft, if that makes sense. Now, it didn't use characters and things from World of Warcraft. That's not what I mean. I mean, the mechanics were designed for you to have that sort of feel um, the kind of feel you got from World of Warcraft kind of didn't really work that well. Um, that said, they went balls deep in 4E. I mean, they produced more content, I think, for 4E. I think they still haven't caught up with 5E with the content they put out for 4E. That's how much content there was. It was There was a lot, you know, and from a guy who has most of it, a lot. <laughs> so... Um, that said, um, when 4E was kind of, you know, sort of phasing out because people started to realize I could just play World of Warcraft and, you know, not have to do all this crap and buy all this stuff, 4E kind of died. But before that happened, while 4E was still happening, a lot of people were like, we want three, we want 3.5. We want 3.5. We want 3.5. Except there was no more content for 3.5. So the company whose name I forget at the moment that produced uh, uh, that is producing Pathfinder said, you know what? 
we're going to take 3.5 and make it its own game effectively. Now, they had to do a number of changes for the purposes of copyright and things, but in all respects, Pathfinder is D&D 3.5. So that's kind of what we're talking about, basically. Um, Pathfinder is very popular you know, with a lot of, uh, with particularly a lot of old school D and D people, really like Pathfinder. That's good. It's a really adaptable system. That's that's also good. And if you think D and D has a lot of content, Pathfinder puts it to shame. Because to me, if I don't know if you experience this, Dom, but to me, it feels like every other week there's a new Pathfinder book or pamphlet, or map, or there's product, constantly Mm -hmm. product. And uh, the same is true when they decided to do a space version of the game, Starfinder, um, which is a really amazing game. Um, They also have a ton of content out. So that's basically what what we're talking about. So the answer to your question, I think, Sandwich, is no. I think if you don't have name recognition, um... I don't think I don't think roll for it becomes, you know, the <laughs> monolith that it was. No, mm-hmm. even with oh, sorry, we'll get it there. Um, let's uh, just really quickly hit Patreon before we go into today's news. Oh, uh, Patreon.com/slash/geeksoftng for just a buck, you're able to be in, uh, access to our Discord service where you can talk to people of the show, like me. For three dollars, you'll get the show a day and a half early, which is now. I've been in there. Uh, you'll also get a sneak peek at the prep sheet for the week. For five dollars, you get the weekend bonus show, which Sandwich has been doing a um, well, well, we'll call it an absentee job of it, uh, as well as some vintage uh, episodes of Big Kev's Geek stuff. Hold and, it, hold it, hold it, yeah, hold it, yeah, hold it, yeah. hold it. What's what's an absentee job? It's been it's has been he not been of, doing the sandwich shop? No. I'm hiding this lately. We'll talk later. We'll we'll talk about that. Oh, we'll later. talk later. And for ten dollars, you get the uh, the access to the live Instagram feed, uh, and you can just really see us act like clowns on there. Which um, I don't know if that's that's the best content possible that we could do is just us making fun of each other or what. But it's there, and uh, <laughs> every buck helps out a whole whole lot. I I would have had no oh, yeah. clue until I actually started working on a podcast, but it, it really is true. So uh, there is that. But uh, let's go into some of the headlines uh, for the well, past. Yeah. Well, before we do that, Mr. Yes. Monty, let's okay. also talk about the fact that we are officially kicking off My bad. the tell a friend, uh, tell a friend promotion here on Geek Stuff TNG. So this is the first time in this iteration of the program that we are going to be kicking off the tell a friend program. So let me explain to you what that means. You know. Geek Stuff TNG is a new identity. We're only, what, seven episodes old. Uh, So what we want to do is we want to get the word out to um, everybody that they should be checking us out. And the best, best people to bring that information to other people would be you people, the listeners. And so we have created a promotional contest for the listeners, which invites you to tell Uh, At least one friend, but you can tell many friends because this gives you more opportunity. Um, You want to tell a friend to check out Geek Stuff TNG. uh, And here's what they need to do. They need to check out the show. 
They need to hit us up on the GVM line. 201-730-2547. Caught napping. <laughs> uh, First time or, ever. Our, or our email. We never go over that, so I don't know it. Geekstufftng at gmail.com. Yeah, so now you know. Uh, the people who you recommend, they need to hit us up on the GVM line. Oh, 201-730-2547. Or our email. Oh, wait, I know this one. Geekstufftng at gmail.com. And they need to, you know, tell us if they tell us what they thought of the show. Number one, they could be honest if they're like, what the hell are you three guys doing? Uh, or it could be like, this is a revelation. Um, either way, tell us what they thought of the show and then tell us who recommended that they check out the show. At the end of a month, this contest will run until the first week in November, right around Election Day. Maybe we'll pull it on Election Day. Wouldn't that it's be something? That's not a terrible idea. You know, before uh, before the dystopian states of America take over. Mm -hmm. um, we, we will select a winner. Um, and the winner will be one of the people who was recommended and the person that they recommended. So both people will win uh, cash and prizes. Uh, so we'll have more information about those things uh, as we go through the contest. But there's no reason you can't start today. So tell somebody you know. Check out the show. They need to um, they need to follow us if they're on the Facebook. Be nice. You could send them over. Have them follow us on Facebook. That sort of thing. So we know that they're checking out the show for the first time. They can follow us on other social medias as well. We'll we'll check all that stuff out. Tell the person you're recommending to give us a call at the GVM line or give us an email. You didn't have to do it that time. See what I did there? I'm just, I'm keeping you on your toes. Uh, and tell us who recommended, what they thought of the show. Uh, check out our social media and how we can contact them, one assumes email or or will be the way or their phone number and we'll draw a winner we'll give away prizes this is the first truly prize driven contest promotional thing that we're doing on geek stuff tng so be a part of it and tell a friend tell two friends tell 10 friends to check out the show and uh we appreciate you very much indeed uh, so, all right. So, moving on to the headlines of the week and everything. Um, in what I would say was the biggest surprise of the week for me, uh, Jamie Foxx is going to be returning as Electro for Spider-Man 3, which is for Tom Holland's franchise. Uh, kind of blurring the lines a little bit more with the uh, Sony installments, uh, the standalone Sony installments, I should say. Yeah. With the uh, MCU um uh, movies. So, so <clears throat> go on. Oh no, sorry, go ahead. So all, all I was going to say is that um, <clears throat> I am a big Spider-Man fan as I've mentioned, uh, but I hated that uh, <laughs> that Spider-Man franchise tremendously with uh, emo spot with emo Peter Parker. Um <laughs> so after the end of the first Andrew one Andrew Garfield? No, 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 I said emo. I I was right. Uh, and I, I just, I'm like, that was, that was absolute 
garbage. Like I just, it was the first time I probably really wanted my money back after going to a theater. Oh my. Uh, and I'm, I'm pretty like, kind of like I lean it in that way. Uh, so when the second movie came out and everyone was excited about the trailers and the commercials, like, nope, not get my money. Absolutely not. Now, uh, I so I can't really say what I think of uh, him as Electro. Uh, I've heard it was as bad as you think. So I, I know people were like they had issues with Giamatti's Rhino because it felt more of like a throwaway waste than anything else. It was. Yeah. Um, and it was also not a guy in a suit. I mean, it's the whole thing. OK, yeah. well, <clears throat> that would. And that's that's all I can really say, just for the fact that, you know, we, we don't get screeners for these movies, so I was never able to watch it. If I was able to get screener, that's a different story. Um, but <clears throat> all I can say is that, uh, you know, I don't have a problem with him going with Jamie Foxx. I think he's a very, very talented actor, and his uh, credential, his IMDb credentials speak for themselves. Uh, and, uh, you know, I just hope they have, like, a few nods to, like, an, the old costume or something like that, or or the old, like, kind of Ditko kind of days of the book. I'm, g- I'm going to make your year with the next rumor. What's that, sir? The rumor is that this that this Spider-Man 3 will be, uh, whatever the plot of this movie is, will have something to do with the multiverse. So not only will we see, and, and probably very briefly see Jamie Foxx's Electro, we're also going to see Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. And the rumor is Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man as well. So, and uh, the J. Jonah Jameson thing and the whole, I mean, there's a whole lot of um, crossover things uh, that are being rumored. And when stuff like Jamie Foxx starts getting announced, he also twitted, tweeted something. Uh, Twitted. He tweeted something that was also... Uh, MCU people were not happy about, uh, I mean, you know, the executives were not happy about the fact that he tweeted out something that seemed to indicate that the plot of the movie has something to do with more than one Spider-Man. And with the inclusion of Jamie Foxx and the inclusion of, uh, what's his name, playing J. Jonah Jameson at the end of the last film, certainly you can draw a line through the fact that it's probably going to have something to do with the multiverse. And I think the next announcement will probably be Andrew Garfield or Tobey Maguire if they're going to go that deep, mm-hmm. which I think they should. I, I will say that if it's anything more than like a 15, 20 second like spoof, like they're walking through a laboratory and you kind of like, I don't know, you see them in like a portal or, or something like that or TV in some capacity. Like other than that, I hate that idea. On, uh, on I paper, understand. On did you paper, see Into the Spider-Verse? I did. Um, it's basically, there's going to, it's going to be some kind of MCU version of Into the Spider-Verse effectively is what it's going to be. It may introduce Miles Morales into the MCU. That's a rumor that's going around. Mm -hmm. Um, It's almost assuredly going to bring Venom and the other Sony guys that are floating out there. So at this point, that would be, you know, carnage at least. Um, And any sort of 
ties from that Venom movie that they can bring in, they will probably, this will sort of call, if you will, for lack of a better expression, it will call the Sony universe into the Marvel universe, even if it exists as separate universes, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Yep. It will tie them together. I mean, I understand the... If the rumors are true. Yeah, and of course they're just rumors. Now, if that's the case, if they're just talking about trying to make this more cohesive than the hot mess that it is, whether they're doing it as, um, you know, a Spider-Verse, if it's kind of like the aftermath of the, uh, the snap in some capacity. Um, I, I mean, I can, I can kind of check my disbelief at the door. It, it's just that I think it's, it's dangerous and tricky because there are so many Spider-Verse comic books in which I read where I'm like, all right, it's starting off like promising and good. I liked it. And then they just threw everything at the wall and then I hated it. Now, granted, I get, yep. I get how there's differences between the comics and the movies. We've we've gone over and over about that uh, at the same right. time. But I, I feel like for a movie, like they're going to have to make that like a two and a half hour flick, I feel like, if that's the case. To be able to get well, all of these storylines in, because that is a lot of stuff. If they're trying to combine a a multiverse, how can how can that I, not be like a two and a half, an epically long movie? I don't think they're going to combine it so much as there's going to be some crossover. Mm-hmm. Is I think the more accurate way to describe it. Let's also talk about the fact that there was another casting. I think since we were last on, which was. The guy from, I don't know his name, forgive me, uh, the guy from Lovecraft Country um, has been cast as yeah. the villain in the new Ant-Man movie. I'm and there is, I can't remember his name. He's the lead in Lovecraft Country on HBO. I don't remember his name. Um, he's been cast as the villain in the new Ant-Man movie, in the next Ant-Man movie. And I have to tell you, it's looking very much like that villain is Kang. Which I'm okay with. Which I'm okay with, too, because he would be the formidable villain that the Avengers need. Jonathan Majors. Is that his name? I I believe so. If he's playing the main character, yeah. Okay. I don't know if he's the main character or not. Uh, He is, because his IMDb says even Kang. His IMDb says what? That he's playing Kang. Oh, okay. Well, then there it is. So um, then it's Jonathan Major. Um, And I think that he's going to turn out to be the Thanos for this next wave of MCU. I think if you combine that with the Doctor Strange 2 storyline, which will begin, by the way, in the Scarlet Witch Disney Plus show, um, we're talking about the multiverse and time travel, and I think Kang is the master of all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, this could be this news about Spider-Man. The rumored news about Spider-Man makes perfect sense. It also makes sense that you know we could see other things like the Fantastic Four. We could see things like uh, the X-Men. Uh, we can see a lot of these things sort of kind of take shape and enter the MCU is what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So, yeah, I think it's a broad door. Kang's a broad door for them. And the more that leaks out about these next movies coming up, the more one has to think that there has to be some truth to this um, fact that they're going to play around in time and the multiverse in phase, I guess it would be phase five. Um, so, yeah, so there we go. Yeah. Phase four or whatever <clears throat> phase we're in. Now all they have to do is just try to film the damn movie and uh, see what actually happens. Yeah, well, that is the issue, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so kind of piggybacking off of that, uh, Cineworld and Regal Cinemas are going to be temporarily closing in the U.S. and over in the United Kingdom. Uh, so that makes uh, to, to do 536 Regal and 127 Cineworld locations as of um, pretty much midnight tonight. They're going to be closing down. So um, why is this a big deal? <clears throat> because this will set a domino effect throughout uh, Hollywood. Because right now we're getting Jurassic Park delayed. It's getting a 2022 release now. And James Bond, the new flick, is being uh, delayed. I don't know. I lost count. I think it's the sixth time that it's being delayed now yeah. um, at this point. So uh, the, the more we hear about these kind of complexes, same thing with AMC. They're nowhere near as big as AMC theaters. But the more that they're going to get delayed... It's just going to be a domino effect. Uh, I mean, we, as we've talked about last week, uh, Kev talked about the numbers with uh, Mulan, something that was supposed to expected to bring a, uh, to break that billion dollar mark for Disney, did not do very well on streaming, which no one is surprised. No. I think. I mean, I, I give them the credit where they have to give it a shot because they're just gonna, they were just going to hold on to it. Uh, but this is one of those situations where. Uh, uh, the the buck kind of stops with Regal and or uh, AMC because if they're going to be closed, there's absolutely no incentive to rush to put out Jurassic World, a James Bond, uh, all the MCU movies being delayed um, because w they, they they don't have any anywhere to show them. Yeah. They might as well they might as well put some of that money somewhere else in the meantime, or they may the great uh, shuffle continues. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think honestly, depending on what the hell even happens with this pandemic, uh, it's going to be a few years before uh, I think everything really gets back on track, uh, movie-wise. And it is what it is. Could be. Uh, now, Un unless they mm -hmm. break down and decide we just gotta video on demand these releases, which I don't see them doing based yeah. on what I've already seen. You know, based on Mulan as one example, although I think, you know, I think if they had done it, you know, for the, you know, I, I guess for the price of a ticket, which really doesn't make a lot of sense, because if you have five people in a household and you're only selling one ticket, mm -hmm. I get it. But, you know, I just think $30 to watch a movie in your own home, one movie, I just think they missed the mark there. Granted, it's not going to make them the money that they want, maybe need to make with it. But at the same time, it's clear, again, based on you know what we were talking about last week, it's clear Mulan was a gamble they were willing to make before they released a movie like Black Widow that way. You know, mm -hmm. Black Widow is going to be a big movie, I think. Um, and so to test the waters before they do that made total sense. And yeah. I agree with, with Mr. Monty. I think the longer the theaters stay closed, the further out films get pushed. 
And, you know, if they can't film them, it's kind of a double-edged sword. If they could film them and put them in the can, that would be perfect. Because then they could pick and choose when they release things, and they could time it to the, you know, to the minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, in a lot of cases, can't make movies now either. So we're all just kind of in this, from a movie perspective, production perspective, we're just in this holding pattern. We just got to get through it. Indeed. Um, so there's a handful of trailers that were kind of in our wheelhouse that uh, we should talk oh. about. So they dropped uh, the new trailer for Free Guy, the uh, mm-hmm. the new yeah. Ryan Reynolds film, which that just looks like a very fun video gamey GTA kind of that's uh, it of feel. Yeah. That's just gonna be one of those things like just check yourself at the door, like your brain at the door, just have a good time yeah. and laugh and and everything. I, I don't and and there I would assume there's gonna be some uh, gaming Easter eggs in there at the exact same. time. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, Apple unveiled a teaser for the Snoopy show for the Peanuts' 70th anniversary. Kev, I don't know if you had a chance to see it. I haven't. I loved it. I am so excited. I'm ready to watch it. I I LOL'd, as the kids say, uh, while 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 watching that one. It's I think it's going to be a really, really good. It's like a little well, bit... Well, you, you have that service, right? You have Apple. I do Apple. have the service, sir. Yeah. Yeah. That one I don't have. Uh, wait, I, and didn't you guys, uh, in the back in the Big Kev's Geek Stuff days, didn't you guys talk about like the... Um, the end. The I don't remember exactly what they were called, but those collections of the the newspaper strips through the decades. Oh yeah, I have all of them. Those yeah. looked gorgeous. They were amazing. Um, yeah, they actually did every strip uh, by year and put them in these beautiful hardcover books that were nice appropriately books. shaped for the ships. Yeah, it's one of my it's one of my prides of my book collection. Honestly, is is that collection? I can't remember who published them, but yeah, we talked about all of them. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to get my hands on those. Those are uh, oh, they are they are something. I can yeah, imagine definitely. Uh, and also, there's a uh, news of the world trailer. It was uh, Tom Hanks in his first western, uh, which I believe dropped this morning or this afternoon. Excuse me, this afternoon. I didn't see that yet. I'll have to check that out. I think you're gonna like it. Um, I'm, okay. uh, you know, <laughs> I, I'm not. I don't know. Like westerns are one of those genres where I enjoy them. But I don't go out of my way, or I don't think about like turning one on. But when like there's a then when one presents itself, I'm all about it and I'm excited. Couldn't tell you why. Just just one of those situations, and it's it's fucking Tom Hanks. Sandwich. How do you yes. feel about the western genre? I mean, the only western that I know I like was Solo. So, I'm not against westerns. It's just not something I really watch. Solo, like Star Wars, Solo. Yeah. Space. I like Solo. Okay. I guess it's, a space it's like Western. a space western. Yeah, exactly. Yes. No, it's just I can never really get into the cowboy genre. Have you seen Tombstone? No. Ah. Uh, How about Three Ten to Yuma? No. All right. Young we'll Guns. I have nothing against the genre. I've just never gotten really into it. He's a youngin. He's a youngin. The kids. The kids. They don't watch the westerns. Doesn't matter if he's a youngin or not. He should watch Tombstone. What? Add one more to the pile. Oh, one more, one more movie. Where's your notebook? <laughs> have your notebook for these. He's things. gonna, he's gonna look for the notebook. Kev, you know what you and I can talk about in the meantime as he's doing that. What? Seven oh, yeah. deadly sins. I thought we were doing that in the second half. Uh, are, do we do we or we want to do that? No, now we can do it right westerns? now. We're talking westerns. Seven deadly sins. Yeah, man. Go ahead. 
right. So first of all, let me just say that uh, I said that I wasn't. I, I hinted that I wasn't digging the book, uh, and the fact that uh, I kind of had to like restart uh, reading it um, for whatever reason. So take forget all of that. I, I honestly think it was just one of those rare situations where I wasn't in the right frame of mind uh, and not really giving it the justice it deserved. I really, really enjoyed this book for so many reasons. I enjoyed the uh, overarching storyline. I enjoyed uh, the colors, the art. I mean, how you had, how you felt for some of these characters and how you, you kind of got passionate if someone was betraying someone else or how what they were trying to do for their family or the overall good of the community. Uh, and I think it was just exceptionally done and deserves a little bit more praise uh, than it should. Even even the lettering, I thought, was really well. Uh, the regular word bubbles and, and the kind of the what they were doing for like the scenic touches that the artist was drawing in uh, for sound effects. I, I thought it was just an absolute home run all around. And I think it was, is it five books that are in here? Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, six I books. I think it's six. Six yeah. books, yep. Um, just, it, it, it ended on the right note and it was beautiful. I think that's really the best way I can say it. I can't give it enough praise. Uh, and it's just one of those things where um, it, it, it deserves to get a little, you know, deserves to be read. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, read, I read mine on Comixology where it was on sale. Uh, and I think it still might be on sale. I don't know, but but I, I give it two thumbs up, and a I would say it's worth. It's absolutely worth uh, reading and supporting these guys. I'm going to uh, give you a little flavor text from the back. Mm -hmm. 1867, Texas. A group of death row criminals is recruited by a priest for a suicide mission into uh, Comanchera, led by an outlaw with a bloody past. This deadly crew embarks on an action-packed adventure in this bold new vision of the American West. Do do do. Written by Say Chun. T Z E. I think is Say mm -hmm. right. Zay Zay Chun. I, I would say so. uh, drawn by and and if you thought Zay Chun was difficult, this is Art Yum Trakinoff. Um, uh, Mr. Chun worked on Gotham and Once Upon a Time, which are, I presume those are the TV show versions. Um, Mr. Trakinoff worked on Undertow and Turncoat, and it was colored by the talented Julia Brusco, who, uh, worked on Django Unchained and Scalped. Uh, so she definitely has her Western chops. That's one of the things I actually wanted to mention about this was I thought the coloring was really fantastic. It really was. I mean, the, the art is really great. The writing is really great. But, you know, it's kind of great when you even get those sort of third-tier considerations uh, are even really excellent. So, yeah, I think a real winner from TKO Studios. Uh, you can check them out over at tkopresents.com. Um, and we've talked about some of their other books and we got a few more to go yet, but, uh, yeah, seven deadly sins. It looks like that, but reversed. Is there, uh, is there another book from the company that, uh, we're going to be talking about next time in case, uh, I don't know if it'll be next us? time, but we do have another one coming up. Yes. Okay. Okay. Cause uh, I would like to check it out. Cause again, so far, oh, I'll let you know, what, what sir, we do? don't we did, you worry. We did sentient. 
and sentient seven deadly sins and then we haven't we have one more uh, from named. the company okay uh, cool. that the company uh, asked us to check out so awesomeness there you go uh we got some good stuff there um you know big kev i think uh considering all the uh toys and merch stuff that we need to talk for the second half we should probably take a break <laughs> right now with that mr mayhem and mr sandwich who i hope found his notebook <laughs> I did. Oh, good. Uh, we will take. I wrote it down. Oh, good. We will take our first and only break on this episode of Geek Stuff TNG, episode six hundred and eight. Yep. Uh, what was it? Something about fucking cancer. Screw you, cancer. Screw you, cancer. Hey, Geek Stuff listeners, it's West Coast Scott here. Did you know I do a podcast with my lovely wife? Say hi, Brittany. Hi. Tell them about our podcast. We do a weekly podcast where we talk about travel, conventions, Disneyland, and our growing family. It's called the PieCast because we got married on Pie Day, and it's available wherever you find your podcasts. You can also follow us on social media. At Pie Day Family. And my new Twitter handle is at Pie Day Scott. Check us out. I'm James Hatton. And I'm Podcast Rob. And we're the Something Something Cast. We're a pop culture podcast that chats about movies, comics, TV, music, video games, and a whole lot more. Check us out at our home at somethingcast.com. And also on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and other fine podcatchers as well. Proud members of Hashtag Potter and Family and ACPN, the art, comedy, and pop culture podcast network. Build your own X-Wing. Skywalker's legendary Red 5 Starfighter from the Star Wars Saga. The X-Wing is recreated in stunning detail in a massive 1 to 18 scale and comes complete with remote activated working lights, R2-D2 motorized wings, removable hyperdrive opening cockpit, and a magazine full of fascinating facts, plus an amazing step-by-step assembly guide. You will also receive a free binder, power pack, and bookends model space. Bitch, what you don't know about me, I can just about squeeze in the grand fucking can. Hey, this is Kevin Smith, Big Kev's love slave. Did you know I always wanted to be a dancer in Vegas? Then you're listening to Big Kev's geek stuff. What do you look so shocked for, man? Fat bastard does this all the time. He thinks just because he don't say anything, it'll have some huge impact when he does open his fucking Jesus Christ, mouth. why don't you shut up? Live from Studio M, the Sandwich Shop, and Big Kefuna Studios, 
It's Geek Stuff TNG. During our commercial break, you heard from our amazing sponsor, BuildXWing.com. This model is in 1/18th scale, making it the only fully scaled, fully detailed X-wing ever made for use with your three and three-quarter Star Wars action figures. This X-wing features many amazing details, like the proton torpedo bay, working engine lights, and a light-up R2D2. You can add your own boops, bops, and beeps. The edge foils open into attack position. The laser cannons simulate firing, and the engine lights power up. All by remote control. We recommend you take them up on their do 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 premium offer. Your 180 scale hangar accessories to create a detailed display of your X-wing, including crates, tanks, personnel transporter, landing lamps. Fuel pump, ladder, as well as several static figures, including ground crew members and Luke Skywalker himself. He is a bit of a big deal. When you sign up for your subscription each month, in addition to the parts of the model, you'll get four full color magazines featuring instructions for the parts you've received, fascinating articles about the original models used in the movies, and more. You collect these great source materials in a free binder which you'll receive as part of your subscription. As a fan of collectibles, you may have seen models like this online or at shows or conventions. And I don't need to tell you, the price tag can be quite high. The genius of this system is that you're paying a little each month, as well as having fun putting it together yourself. You can check out more info over at buildxwing.com or reach them by phone at 877-544-6779. Check them out today. Absolutely outstanding there, Sam. That's I, one of the I, best reads you've ever done. Yeah, that was. Oh, I didn't hit the record button. God damn it. Now we're good. Uh, oh, Jesus Christ. You know, re- really quickly. Oh, he totally got you. Re- really quickly, <laughs> just to kind of totally got you. piggyback off of that. Did you guys see the Mark Hamill, Patrick Stewart commercials that are going on right now? No. Yeah, the, the Uber Eats ones. They're hysterical. Yeah, they're really funny. absolutely golden. I, I think I've seen two so far where it looks like they're gonna have a like a pseudo sword fight, but with like bats or something. Yeah, uh, Patrick Stewart has a cricket bat. Yes, he does. And I think yes, Mark Hamill has a regular bat. Yeah, uh, and then when we're is it they're playing pool, I think I forgot. Uh, but they're in the warehouse, and it's a kind of like dark brooding, and it's it's hyster- yeah. it's hysterical. I don't use Uber Eats, but that that I'm like. That actually would make me consider it, at least, because it was so damn funny. Uh, Careful, Hamill. Daddy's not here to save you. <laughs> really, really funny oh, stuff. Oh, I am my daddy. Uh, Wait, what? Yeah. All right. Uh, do we now do, do, do? We have a handful of things we want to hit on there. Uh, do, do you know what I want to say, though, before we do that? What's that, bud? A congratulations oh. to Mr. and Mrs. O.G., on their 14th wedding anniversary. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's 14 years ago. Today, I'm pretty sure. He uh, mm-hmm. I, he posted a picture on it, and I'm like, oh, Matt has hair. That's nice. Yeah. No, he didn't really have hair then. No. Yeah, well, was, yeah. I could show you some pictures <laughs> with, with OG with hair. Um, They're really old, though. They're, they're called tin types. They took them during the Civil War. Wow. When that's when he had hair. Wow. So, wow. Yeah, um, I said it. So what? That's okay. 
Uh, yeah, so congratulations. Let him call the GVM line. 201-730-2547. In case you forgot, Matt. Just saying. Got very aggressive there all of a sudden. Uh, Big Kev, <laughs> we, uh, I wasn't sure if you wanted to hit on it, but uh, or if you even you mentioned it last week, but did you want to hit on the Darth Maul figure or... Yeah, actually, we yeah we can talk about actually. Um, that's that's great that you actually brought that up because I forgot and then fantastic. I remembered. Um, it's actually it's a series of figures. I think it's it's at least three now, unless I'm forgetting somebody. Good thing we can go to the website. Maybe it's four, three. It's at least three. Um, um, characters from the season of Clone Wars that they just put out the the most recent season. Um, and they all are related, which is really great. I mean, they put out Ahsoka, which everyone's wanted forever, and I think they waited until they had a version of Ahsoka that everybody was nuts about, and that was sort of Ahsoka in those last couple of episodes of Clone Wars. Um, the most recent season, you know, the one that was delayed by a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, so they put out Ahsoka. This is Hot Toys we're talking about, uh, which you can get, of course, through their U.S. distributor sideshow. Um, so these are 12-inch, super detailed, super articulated figures, lots of accessories. Ahsoka Tana was one. Um, she comes with all the things that you imagine. They also put out a 501st Trooper, but I think one of the alternative helmets or heads in there is her, is Ahsoka's like battalion or or whatever the denomination is that has like they've painted their helmets in such a way as to identify them effectively as Ahsoka's battalion or mm-hmm. whatever they are. Um, that figured really prominently in that last season of Clone Wars, so you can check uh, you can check that out also. And then lastly, um, the one that uh, Mr. Monty brings up was was Darth Maul. Um, and I think the greatest thing that can be said about that Darth Maul figure at this point is, is that he comes with the um, the Mandalorian restraining box, if that's what that's called. I'm not exactly sure what it's called. It looks like a coffin. Mm-hmm. And if you've watched the episodes, well, if you haven't now, it's way past the... Uh, embargo so i'm just gonna say they wheel him into this room in this coffin like structure with just a tiny window right about here so you could just see his eyes mm-hmm. right and it's like red on the inside of there i don't know maybe red light you know makes him not able to use the force i don't know um but they wheel him in like hannibal lecter oh, in that cool. thing and they and they actually made that that compartment which i think makes uh i mean if you're not excited already about the fact that there's a darth maul figure from that those last set of clone wars episodes um this should just push you over the edge because the display possibilities are just unreal so one one um, thing just to add on to that uh yeah Kev, I-, I love the way they made it look like um, the red energy beams, how they make it look like they're in motion. Like it almost looks like a very slim triangle. So if you want to make it look like he's spinning it around oh, yeah, yeah. above his head. Yeah, that's a like blade that. option. I but but I I love that that detail just for the fact that my biggest complaint with statues and toys in, in, in general, if you're gonna have them sitting on a shelf, 
uh, is I hate when they look too static, like when they just look like they're standing yes. there. Uh, and this is a situation where it, you can uh, make it look like there's motion. And I, I'm yes. always a big fan whenever they're able to do that. And this is a perfect situation where yeah. uh, with energy beams in general, uh, like we said with the Sentinel, it's always nice. Like if they can add something where it makes it look like the beam's coming out of the hand or something. Yeah. Uh, I, I, lo I love that aesthetic. And they did it here too. This is this is a newer thing um, that they're doing. Um, it's only the last, I, I want to say it's maybe the last couple of years, maybe not even that long, for Hot Toys, where they've put in sort of the, the blade as it swings, which you describe really excellently as like a bit of a triangle. Um, and it really does add that motion effect to the blade. I mean, it really is amazing for displays. But I think overall, there's there's sort of this movement for how can we up the detail and up the the action pose of this. I think another great example of that is um, Marvel Legends. Yeah, I said it. Um, Marvel <laughs> Legends, the last couple of Cyclopses that they have released, I think have had the beam that connects to the visor. You know, like beam shooting out or like that little sort of red smoky bit that mm -hmm. comes off the side after he shoots that kind of thing i mean those kind of effects i think i think originated with other lines but i you can see that they're kind of starting to work their way uh, you know sort of across the action figure genre if you will in different scales but yeah i think that's really really great i so, really like it and it's also yeah. a, a led battery operated so you can get in the to light them up at the same time. So that just kind of adds on to it there. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we should acknowledge the presence of West Coast correspondent, oh boy. West Coast Scott, who's asking us to record a promo for the podcast episode 150. Mm -hmm. Wow, Scott, you guys have done 150 of those? That's amazing. It's pretty bad. You know, and, you know I'm still waiting for Mr. Monty to uh, to you know do a promotional commercial for us that we can give to other people so so am i but we will uh, say that. We'll, so am I. we'll call the podcast line i don't know that one <laughs> wait wait hold on wait hold on what if i could give it to you right now what, what if, if, I could if, if there is a podcast line we will call the podcast line and uh we will we will be glad it's oh, well, thank do you, you need thank the you, Scott says do, saying, do you need the, well, if I could give you the podcast line right now oh I, it's you're too late sandwich six two six 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 pi day p i d a y that's six two six 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 p i d a y pi day uh, you can give them a call at the pi day line and let them know how happy you are about their one hundred and fiftieth uh uh episode. episode so there you go and again yeah. important to point out if you have a problem with west coast scott you're the problem so, absolutely that's so, the truth so there you, you go. are the problem you should get help and figure out why <laughs> you are just not a good person scott you should text that phone number to me so that i can make sure and call and and leave something yeah. for 150 and we're still working on the commercial uh, yes. Uh, moving on, we have a, one more toy to hit on before Sandwich has uh, some gaming things that he wants to chat about. Oh! And it comes from our friends over at Bus Fight Studios. Holy who, crap. Who, I mean, all right, again, 
if you don't like West Coast Scott, it's a you problem. If you don't like Boss Fight, it might also be a you problem. It's a you problem. So, yeah, there's that. Uh, so they're coming out with Umbrella Academy figures. Uh, and they have number seven, Vanya, version one, ready to yes. go. And Very important. Yeah, and... and uh, it's good. So they showed her. They showed her style sheet. Yeah. If that's the or breakdown sheet, I can't remember what the the technical term is. Um, where they uh, where you can take away a number of things, not the least of which is that she, you know what her costume is or what she's wearing. One should say. Um, also, her accessories, which include the violin. Mm-hmm. Uh, a closed umbrella. Uh, there's a stand, I think, that's coming with them as well. Um, and uh, But most importantly, if you look really close, Mr. Mayhem at the bottom, mm-hmm. you can see that she is appropriately scaled. Yes. Yeah. Because uh, the actress who plays Vanya... Anyone? Anyone? Ellen Page. Ellen Page is a shorter person than other people in the cast. So this is great news on a number of levels. One, it means they're paying attention to scale, which always just makes figures better. Two, for customizers in the world who are going to grab this uh, and make it into other things, you're getting a shorter suited figure, a violin, some other things as well. There's some hands and things. Mm-hmm. There's also a space. If you look on that sheet, uh, Mr. Mayhem, Mr. Sandwich, you look on that sheet toward of, sort of in the upper right-hand area, somewhere on the right side of that page, it says alternate head, and there is no picture. Mm-hmm. So there mm-hmm. is the rumor possibility that she will have an alternate head, we don't know what that could look like yet. That could be the immersion of her power, so her eyes kind of go white. Yeah, that makes and sense. And then, of course, people are clamoring, clamoring online, please do an all-white version. So if you've seen, first of all, if you haven't seen Umbrella Academy, it's a you problem. <laughs> but it's a you problem you can solve by turning on your Netflix account. You know you have one. If you don't, you can borrow one, usually from somebody, uh, and you want to watch two seasons of the Umbrella Academy so that you can understand why we are so excited about the about. Let's be honest: the premier independent three and three quarter toy maker, Boss Fight Studios, not only scoring the license for Umbrella Academy, but already showing us pictures. And already the orders are going to take place. I think they said in that post, Mr. Mayhem, before the end of the year. Uh, do, do, do in the post. Orders it's coming, coming later, later, this year. later this year. Yep. Before the end of the year, right? Yeah. yeah. So you can be excited about the fact that some number of figures, I don't imagine it will be all of them right out of the gate, but some number of Umbrella Academy figures will go up for order on Boss Fight. Uh, from Boss Fight Studios before the end of the year. And if they're anything like anything else that Boss Fight has produced, they're going to be amazing, Mm -hmm. number one. And number two, that's just from the straight up, you know what I mean, from the straight up sort of, I'm a fan of Umbrella Academy, therefore I want the... And we should say also they're based on the TV show, 
not on the comics, which oh, yeah. of course opens up the possibility that Boss Fight could do comic versions of them as well. Mm. Not saying they will. I'm happy that they're doing any version, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but that said, uh, we're going to see a bunch of these out of the gate. More will come. That's sort of like I was saying, that's kind of the straight and narrow I collect Umbrella Academy. But from the other perspective, from the customizer perspective, from the three and three quarter collector perspective, there's a whole new wave of body parts, heads, and other things coming. And you know what that quality is like from Boss Fight. You know it. And so this is nothing. You have nothing here uh, but excitement, whether you're an Umbrella Academy fan or you're a three and three quarter uh, just fan in general or customizer or customizer fan. It's it's just another uh, just another brilliant move by Boss Fight Studios. Man, they're killing it. Now, Kev, we, we talked killing about it. we talked about this uh, right after the show last week. Um, and, and I'd be interested to really have you expand on and talk about it on on the show oh. while, while the mics are actually r- running right now. But oh. what is your take on the current state of the toy market? And granted, even though there's a little bit of uncertainty going on just because of COVID, uh, what do you think the outlook is at the same time for the toy collector's market? Oh, boy. This is a real tough one to answer. Um what I think is that there are uh, a lot of problems, and I think the people who are, the companies, I should say, who are finding success are the ones who are listening to collectors. Whereas a company like Hasbro continues to talk about the fact that they make toys for children, and it's nice to have the collector input, but they have the broader market to consider, even though I don't think kids by and large, you're buying a lot of toys. Mm -hmm. That's my opinion. Um, And so I think the state overall, I think it's, we're still, I think, I think we're still firmly entrenched in the golden age of action figures. Mm -hmm. Six inch, three and three quarter, 12 inch. Um, I still think we're there. I mean, I, I can see where, the possibility of us kind of exiting this golden age for a variety of reasons might be coming might be coming upon us whereas the collectors sort of i think as we collectors get older we have to be more discerning with what we get and so on and so forth that can lead to decreased offerings um but at the same time it's really hard to ignore a really amazing pulpy character that Mezco puts out in their 112 line, uh, like the one that just went on pre-sale a couple of weeks ago. I think we talked about it. I can't remember what it was called now. Mm-hmm. Doctor somebody. Um, it's really hard to ignore that as a collector, but it's also you got to make choices. Um, crowdfunding, Kickstarter, HasLab, although I have an entirely different position about HasLab. Um, an entirely look on Facebook. I've posted some things on Facebook um, with regards to how I think Hasbro is really just abusing fans with HasLab, my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Uh, but that sort of thing, that crowdfunding thing, that's getting a lot of things made. That's getting a lot of things noticed. Um, I still think we're in the golden age, um, but I can see where we may be starting to exit it. I think that's where, where oh, I, I think that we're at. You know, years ago, I'm going to say, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago or so, you would never hear me say this in a million in a million. You'd never think at that time that you would ever hear me say this, but I'm going to say it. I think if you you really want the pulse of at least six inch action figures, I'm talking across all borders here. You know what I mean? Every six inch action figure and other things, too, but mostly six inch. You know, longtime listeners, get ready. I, I would recommend checking out the Foosh. That's F-W-O-O-S-H, with whom we had a brief sort of, I don't know, thing with when they were just kind of sort of, in my opinion, they are not this anymore. At the time, they were just sort of Marvel, Hasbro, it was pre-Hasbro. Was it pre-Hasbro? It was early Hasbro? I don't remember. They were Marvel, no, it was pre, it was still Toy Biz. They were sort of Toy Biz apologists. Mm Mm-hmm. And promoters, regardless of the fact that some of that stuff in that era wasn't great, a lot of the business practices in that era were not great. Chase figures, one per 200 case figures, just bullshit like that um, for things that everybody wanted. Um, We had a bit of a, a thing with them. But, you know, I've been watching them consistently now for quite a while. And Robo is the name of the gentleman who does their video reviews. Just go on YouTube and check out the foosh. I mean, I'll watch that guy talk about anything, honestly. I think he's entertaining. He's talented. He knows his shit. um, And he does thorough reviews of toys. So, uh, yeah, so definitely check that out. Now, that said, you know, video reviews coming to Geek Stuff uh, uh, TNG in the future. Going to be a different program probably still going to recommend you go to the foosh for that real deep dive but we have something in the works um but yeah that's where i think we're at in the that's where i think we're at in the toy industry i think we're 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 kind of on the tail end of the golden age yeah i i will say that that's pretty good analysis but i i the one thing i will say is it's so great um you know where a product line like space force the actions figures are, yes. are able to be made where 20 years ago you know how much of, how hard an ordeal would it have been to try to get something like that made out uh, and, and sold to the masses like it was over on Kickstarter so uh, I, I understand what you're saying but it, we're still in a it's good to know that we're in a better spot than where we were um, years past years gone by as it were so um, you know right. to, to give the smaller the smaller creators uh, a platform. Uh, that they can try to uh, take advantage of, which is great, um, Mr. Sandwich, sir. We have yes. some. We have some some things oh. for you to break down because you're you're yes. you're our gaming guy. You you know you know you know things, sir. I know some things. You oh, stop that. Grandmama would agree with me that yes. uh, you you know the things. And the first thing uh, you want to talk about is uh, a kind of a Magic the Gathering update. So w- what do you got yes. for us? So last week on the show, we talked about uh, the Walking Dead Magic the Gathering crossover. Uh, sales for that are going on this week. Please don't buy it. Please don't buy it. Please don't support this. Um, 
where they're making exclusive direct from the company cards. You can only buy them direct from the company. You cannot buy them at your local gaming store or at, you know, even Target, which I don't support really buying from Target, but that's a story for another for another day. And in a or way a to sandwich say, shop. A sandwich shop? It could be a topic for a sandwich shop. Yeah, it could be a topic for a sandwich shop. Just saying. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, in an effort to try to save face, uh, Wizards of the Coast, the people there, came out with a statement saying, while these cards are exclusive to just this secret lair, that's the name of the product, Secret Lair Walking Dead, that does not mean that we'll never reprint them in a magic set so that they can be released to the public. Oh, yeah. With that said, though, uh, pardon my French, that's a load of horse shit, because Wizards of the Coast, the company that makes d and a company I love, they they love to say they cannot, uh, you know, they cannot acknowledge the secondary market for Magic the Gathering cards. They love to say that, yet they don't reprint cards that are $100, $200, unless they're in a limited run set. Where they're printed at very low quantities. To do what? Oh, lower it $20. For it to go about up 50 in a month or two when it's out of print. I so, wish they would reprint the Black Border Lotus. The Black Lotus? The, yeah, with the Black well, Border. See, the issue with that is the reserve list. Uh, a list of cards that they have promised to never reprint again. Which has uh -huh. also caused issues because Black Lotus is now a $10,000 card. Oh it will only get better. It will only go higher and higher and higher because there are now legal issues of reprinting these cards. Once again, another sandwich shop. Um, it is disgusting the fact that Just this is even a, a product. Sandwich being shop. How's that? Yes, yes I'll, I will give you a sandwich shop. Uh, it's disgusting that this company thought it was okay to do this. It is horrifying that there are people who are buying it. Listen, if you want to buy it, it's fine. Honestly, at the end of the day, it's your money. Spend it how you will. But I... We'll do everything I can as a person and a player of Magic to say, please don't spend your money by giving it directly to Wizards of the Coast. They do not need the money. It's the same issue as HasLab. HasLab, the crowdfunding, you don't need... Hasbro doesn't need crowdfunding. You don't need to pay them. They don't need that. Wizards of the Coast is not the company that needs the money. It's also going right to Hasbro anyways, which is maybe another <laughs> thing anyways. Once again, I can talk about later. You know who needs it in this pandemic? Your game store who is struggling to just go week to week, who hasn't had the, 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 the people in the store buying stuff, keeping the company going. Those guys are struggling. They need this. Yeah, maybe if they sent out the previews to people over the last six months <laughs> who... Just saying that that just could be one person's experience. <laughs> but it's it's horrible that you know that this has we've gotten to this point where Wizards of the Coast thinks this is okay. And sure, they'll reprint it in three yet in three years from now, where each card is a hundred plus dollars because they had a one week print run. Yeah, then they'll reprint it in a limited run set where there'll be no amounts of it printed and it's 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 so abusive and toxic and disgusting and sorry. Now, Sandwich, I heard, I posted an article, I think it was about this, um, but I've heard subsequently from other people that I guess one of these cards is really unbalanced. Yes. I think it's Negan. 
uh, yeah, Rick. in the set apparently is really an unbalancing card. Well, so, and people are really upset about it. And then Wizards said, well, like you said, well, we, we, we can, you know, we can always, at least the rumor that I heard was that they're just going to rebrand the card yeah. with just the character that they make up. Maybe instead of Negan, it's Nag Ann or something. Yeah. And they'll create a character, but the mechanics will still be the same. And apparently everybody thinks this card is really broken. So a couple cards in this are broken. They're not broken, but they're very good cards. And that's one of the major problems is it's not like they printed just for fun cards. These cards are legal in eternal formats. Now, what does that mean? Eternal formats are formats that you know, eternal formats. There are tournaments for them. People can win money playing in these tournaments at certain stores or win certain prizes. So you're telling me if someone hasn't lost the prize pack. Exactly. If this Joe Schmo who brought this five thing of cards in October has an advantage over me who's been practicing or not because he, he wanted to shell out the fifty bucks to get this thing. It's horrible. I can't I can't stand it and they're not gonna reprint it anytime soon. I guarantee it. These cards are not gonna see the light of day again for another five, three years when they're a hundred bucks each. And they'll be like, look, see, we did it for you. We did the minimal effort, but we did it. See? That's that's all we needed to do. That's what we promised. No. You schmucks. Don't let the suits win. The suits are taking over Hasbro. Haslab shows that. Secret Lair shows that. It's disgusting. Uh, let me let me just play a little devil's advocate with you, you there. All right. Uh, uh, Damage sandwich. isn't wrong. But you're saying you're saying the suit, you're saying Hasbro, but isn't Hasbro that's kind of revived and made the game this popular to begin with, so that there is a supply and demand aspect of things? Not magic. It doesn't go both ways. No, uh, no, it's Hasbro is not responsible for the popularity of magic. Magic has really okay. barely ever waned in popularity. What they are responsible for, just just for your own edification, uh, Mr. Mayhem, is D&D. They're responsible for 5e. Okay. They're responsible for the, for the fact that Dungeons & Dragons is now crossing culture. That's mm -hmm. all wizard, technically wizards, but wizards under Hasbro's ownership. That's kind of what's happening. That's kind of where, where, where what you're talking about happened to D D and hasn't happened to magic magic has had a, a fairly consistent following forever okay so i thought it, i thought it was both but uh you guys are really the experts on this so uh, i mean that's let's, totally let's fine. i i'm thankful we're at a point now where like you know wizard you know D is doing great magic is doing great still this aside you know we're at a good point right now you know, the pandemic's a thing, but you take the pandemic out of the equation, we're at a good place right now. You're saying don't rock but the boat. It's just, it's just, it's just, in 2003, I talked about this last week, there was an issue where they put out a card at this convention in Georgia. You could only get this card if you went to this convention in Georgia. And people were furious. I remember so, that. So Wizard of the Coast came out and said, we'll never do this again. We listen to the fans and exclusive cards that you can only get for a certain time at a certain place. That's not what we do. Here we are 17 years later, 
What are we doing? Under the ownership of Hasbro. Literally the same thing. Literally the same thing. But probably different people if running it, the company, though, at the same time. Yeah, yeah. But it, listen, yep. if these were just, you know, let me take a card and put a, uh, you know, uh, a Walking Dead picture on it. Mm -hmm. They did that with the Godzilla cards that we did on the show a while back. Those are nice. The Godzilla cards. cards were actual cards in the set. They just threw Godzilla on it. That was great. Mm -hmm. If they did that with The Walking Dead, you know, I'm going to take this card and I'm going to throw Rick Grimes on it. I'm going to throw Negan on it. I'd have no problem. Wouldn't even be talking about it on this show. You know, people would buy it. Great. Walk away. The fact that these are legal in formats where you can win money and the fact that it's only a seven, uh, one week time to buy these cards. It's horrible. It's it hurts my brain just talking about it. All right. Well, let, let's try to hurt your brain a little bit more there, Sandwich. Uh, well, before we do that, uh, Mr. Mayhem, just one quick thing. Since we brought up The Walking Dead, um, their season finale just passed, as well as the premiere of the new show, Walking Dead, The World Beyond. But week embargo we'll talk about those next week okay. just wanted to put that out there uh dom do you do you want to save this for the bonus show this D, &D thing or talk about it now just because we're, we're we're hefty into the show right now are, but are we running long we're running a little bit long right now but yeah i'll, I'll let you make the, what's the, the topic uh, it's, it's the, 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 D &D, the racial the thing D &D D &D rule. oh no let's do that right now oh oh okay i'll just sit down and let you boys talk about it but dom why don't you break down because it was an it was only announced a few days ago what's going on or less than a week ago right. something like that maybe so do, let do, me... do one of you have the press release i'm looking maybe at it we can uh maybe we can get some quotes from the press release so that we're making sure that we're you know, saying the right thing because oh. I haven't seen this. The first I heard of this was five minutes before this show. <laughs> you know, as as I'm now playing in two D and D games, <laughs> and I've only just heard of this today. Nobody was talking about it at the shop where I'm playing. So, what do you got, Dom? I'm wondering. So the Arvada is Kobolds, who used to have a minus two modifier in strength. That is now gone. Orcs, who used to have a minus two modifier in their intelligence, is now gone. Additionally, the orcs' menacing trait and some other stuff making them, I guess, scary, has also been taken away from them. The menacing trait, which grants, yeah, the menacing trait with for orcs have been taken away. So basically, they kind of made it more PC. Did they nope. say anything why they were doing this? Um, looking in the article. I, I don't see anything about why it was done. Uh, promised better representation and a movement towards the play towards giving the player characters individualism as opposed to forcing them to fit within cultural stereotypes within the game's lore. While players can still choose to use the cultural generalities of D&D's various campaign settings when creating a character, the updated rules allow for a greater expression expression and also gives dms more freedom to create their own worlds where the standard D, &D cultural stereotypes aren't present that is the uh, basically the uh, short version i guess of the press release i i mean i can see on the one hand where they might want to go a little bit more pc and they've been struggling 
they've been struggling with this a lot lately because Oriental Adventures just went as an ebook or is getting reprinted. I can't remember which. Um, but that's an old, like, I can't even remember. That's an advanced D&D book. That's like 2E uh, or 1E. I don't even know. Um, uh, there was a lot of controversy about that. I think now that they're going way too far because I think that the racial stereotypes um, in D&D races and culture... I think are there for a specific reason. Like you can't make the orc, you know, just try to imagine it from this perspective. You know, you're creating an orc. You're basically creating one of those guys from, you know, if you don't play D and D, it's one of those guys from the Lord of the Rings movies, you know, like the kind that fought at, at, in, in the two towers, mm -hmm. like one of those guys, they're menacing. They're ugly and they're menacing. Um, I'm not sure why the kobolds, kobolds are small. So if kobolds are small, they would have a decreased capacity for strength anyway. So I don't know. I, I think these are, I don't know. I think these, I think it's weird for the, I mean, I see it on the one hand. I don't think anybody is going to abide by it. I think on the other hand, I think no, no DM worth his salt is going to be like, well, actually, you're kind of a cute orc. I just don't think that's going to happen. I, I think the issue is, yeah, I understand, like, they want to make everything more equal, I guess. But if you're taking an orc, no one's building an orc so that they have good intelligence. Yeah. No one's building a kobold to have good strength. Yeah. If you're picking those those class, those races, you're picking them for a certain reason. If you're going to be an orc, you're probably going to be strength-based. So your intelligence no one, is kind of irrelevant. No one's picking a drow because they want to be able to see in the sunlight. Yeah. There's Just as another listen, example. It's part of the game. You know, yeah. I'll take that minus two in intelligence if I have an 18 in strength. Sure. Yeah, exactly. If, yeah, I mean, you know, they, they're kind of balancers, really. Yeah. You know, like, you know, for those decreases, there are increases. You know, for the decrease in strength, I'm sure the Cobalt has some other bonus that balances him in, in, in a way that suits Cobalt's. Yeah. So, I mean, I kind of get it, but I kind of don't agree with it. And I really think the reason no one was talking about it is because probably no one's going to adhere to it anyway. It's also errata, which means it's game content that's available online, which means if your character is like uh, created and kept on D&D &D Beyond... You know, you might see some changes if you get. I mean, I'm not even sure if they're going to edit the book, the content online um, to make those changes. They might, but I mean, the books are out. You know, there's no taking it back. You know, people are going to play what's written. At least that's my opinion. That's how I would run a game that had those. Uh, so it sounds like they're just trying to save face, or I don't know. It's, yeah, it's I think be... it's just another move of inclusion, like Sandwich said. Okay. It's going to be confusing because there are certain, you know, like I have a, a character sheet app on my phone. Mm -hmm. So that's updated every time a new book comes out, so it keeps everything going. And if someone's doing it on the book, and we build the same thing, 
you know, if it's a new player, they might get confused. Oh, why is your intelligence better than me? Or, I don't know, it's just silly to, I feel like I've had it at this point. <laughs> We're so deep into 5e. We're five years into 5e. And now you want to do this? It's not like we're fresh in 5e. This, you know, this brings us right back to what we were talking about earlier that you brought up, Sandwich. And D&D has gone from being a niche thing to being, to crossing over into, you know, uh, I, I wouldn't say, in, into more, more widely accepted pop culture. And anything that does that runs the risk of having to be put through new filters. And that's kind of what's happening here. You know, there's new filters being placed on, you know, all kinds of things in the genre if they're crossing over into mainstream culture. And the more that that occurs, the more these kind of changes will kind of take place. In comics, it's, you know, it's uh, the, the characters. Now, whether you agree with this or not, whether you like it or not, they comics have made purposeful moves to include gay characters, female characters, uh, uh, you know, minority characters. And they've done that with the purpose of inclusion and seeing yourself in the pages of the things that you enjoy. I don't have a problem with that. A lot of people do. I don't have a problem. I mean, I have a problem if it's done badly, a.k.a. Falcon is the new Cap. That would not be a good example. Um, but that's for a number of reasons, having nothing to do with his race, um, but more his writer. Uh, that aside, when you cross that line from sort of niche culture into more mainstream popular culture the filters get turned on and D&D is just the latest example of that so i think we're going to continue to see these little sort of pot shot we're still paying attention to inclusion movements from from D&D that's what i think do you think different sandwich um Honestly, I think that they're just trying to make it, I guess, maybe it's easier, so you don't have to worry about negatives. Maybe they're trying to make it more inclusive. I don't know. I mean, they're changing a lot of things. I agree with some of them. I don't agree with some of them. We're running long. so <laughs> That doesn't mean you can't have your say, sir. Um, I think that doing this now five years later feels a little iffy if they had done this a year after or two years even after fine whatever we can roll with that five years later -dum -bum. five years later it's a little it's a little much you know changing stats i don't think really matter do kobolds really do we need to worry about the strength of a kobold or the intelligence of an orc no one's building well a, a, a wizard orc no one's building a barbarian kobold and if they no. are, they're doing it because they know there's negative modifiers and they're building a joke character. Nobody wants the Cobalt Lives Matter movement to uh, to to get happening here. So, and on that no, note, nothing. that no, 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 it was it was it was hard. There was there was quietness because of the shock. 
Uh, but you can catch us each and every week over at GeekStuffTNG.com. You can also check out our lovely social media, GeekStuffTNG, at Facebook, Twitter, and on the Instagrams. And, of course, it's Tell a Friend Month here over tell the podcast. Yeah. Tell, tell, tell some friends about the show. Have their friends. It's, think of it like a pyramid scheme, but, like, you know... Fun. It's exactly a pyramid scheme. But fun, you know? Yeah, we're, that. we're part of it, so you, it's it's not bad. And you don't have to go to jail. Hey, uh, and if anyone knows if anyone knows Allison Mack, I hear that she's kinda into these pyramid schemes, so we might be able to bring her on board. You're not wrong there. Uh so yes, so uh, tell a friend over here at the show. Uh my And let's let's be clear, Mr. Uh, Mayhem. What you need to do is you need to tell a friend. What you really need to do is tell several friends to check out the show. They need to check out the show and hit us up on the GVM line. 201-730-2547. Or our email. Geeksoftng at gmail.com. And uh, have them send us what they thought of the show and who recommended the show to them. And a randomly selected uh, winner will receive prizes not only for the new person, but for the person who recommended them as well. So two winners at the end of this uh, promotion with big prizes, cash prizes, cash from the sandwich, and big prizes from Mr. Monty. So you can see some of the prizes behind Mr. Monty right now if you're a, a Patreon. So... So there you go. Yeah. That may not be that may not be true. It also that may, may not, not be, be true. true. Uh, but you can catch me online as Monty's Mayhem. Prizes are not guaranteed. <laughs> M-O-N-T-E-S-M-A-Y-H-E-M. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, YouTube, uh, LinkedIn. So yeah. Uh, Big Kev. Prizes may come from other sources. Big Kev G E S. On the Xbox One network, where I occasionally still play stuff. Uh, otherwise, BK Geek stuff everywhere else. Beautiful sandwich. Uh, you can find me on the Xbox One and Instagram at Fat Dumbledore. F A T D O M B L E D O R E. Outstanding. And with that, be Kev. With that, Mr. Mayhem, Mr. Sandwich, we will bring this episode of Geek Stuff TNG to a close. Episode 608. Uh, shoot, what was it again? Screw you, cancer. Something about screw, you. screw you, cancer. Uh, we will end that show or this show the way we end some shows by saying Good night, Eddie Van Halen. Wherever you are. And on that note, we cue the music. Come